Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. It is Valentine's Day. I hope you're feeling loved, even though this episode is not coming out on Valentine's Day. I want you to feel loved every day. And on the note of love, I am going to talk about one of my favorite, favorite subjects, one of the most important topics in all of my work, and that is self-love. I created 10 principles that will help anchor you into self-love and ultimately help you fortify your self-love throughout your life. You know, it's important to really realize that I would say like there's no period at the end of the sentence when we're talking about attributes like self-love or self-confidence, self-trust. You know, this is, it's a life game, right? And you 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 need to realize that it's, it's always, your, your self-love, you're always going to have opportunities to um, to fortify it. And a lot of those opportunities are going to come as a result of you being challenged by it, right? So I'll expand on that in this episode, but let's just really start by saying it's really an adventure. It's an adventure of yourself. It requires savage honesty. Self-love requires warrior level courage, right? And I'm going to dive into the whys behind all this. And ultimately, true self-love is is really being devoted to your most authentic self. Now, look, there's so many definitions and approaches to self-love, and I'm not here to tell you that this is the only way, but it is a core topic that I speak on. It's it's rooted in all of my work, and there's great reason for that. In my own life, I can't think of any great experience, achievement, accomplishment that I have created for myself internally and externally where self-love was not an active participant in the process for me, right? And this is where I came up with uh, the quote, self-love is the queen of battle because more often than not, a lot of these experiences, these victories came uh, after beating a challenge, right? So like there was a battle that stood guard in front of the the thing that I was reaching for, the experience, the goal, the, you know, whatever it was, right? And, and again, an internal or external, right? So an example of the internal could be, you know, um, a, a paradigm that you need to shift, you know, that you need to reprogram. It could be a habit that isn't serving you and your self-love helps you to pivot that habit into one that is serving you, right? And so those, those are just a, a couple of internal examples, but, you know, and I'm sure I don't really need to paint a picture on the external, right? Achieving any great goal, um, doing anything that feels really good and meaningful to you. You know, this is when you're when you're in the act of 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 getting to those achievements to those wins more often than not there's going to be some kind of challenge sometimes it's small sometimes it's big uh but those challenges are essential for you to move through to get to the other side and when you love yourself you're going to move yourself through that challenge even and especially when it gets really hard you know so i you know just 
doing my deep thinking and my morning writing and ritual, you know, time for myself, I came up with these 10 principles that I'm going to share with you and I'm going to tease out that I really believe will be helpful, even just one of them, but I believe a lot of them will be helpful to help you stand really firm in your self-love, um, you know, give you reminders when you need them, affirm you, and ultimately, again, to help you fortify this omni-empowering attribute that is self-love. So I'm going to dive into the principles now. So number one, you must learn how to witness yourself. You must learn how to witness yourself. This is so huge. And this is why self-awareness is also a big topic that I speak on. You know, I have a whole um, five self-mastery roadmap that I've created. Self, self-awareness self is at the... Um, at the start of it, right? So it's self-awareness, self-connection, then self-love, self-confidence, and then self-trust, right? To be able to witness yourself is huge because if we're not in observation of ourself, how are we going to comprehend ourselves? How are we going to learn ourselves? And and that's really important. And I'll dive into that a bit later. But so number one, you must learn how to witness yourself. It might sound super basic, but the truth is, is that most people are kind of moving through life, not really observing themselves, right? Self-awareness is not necessarily um, very active in a lot of individuals' lives. So make sure that, you know, when you are thinking about how to advance or fortify your self-love, ask yourself, how often are you observing yourself not from a place of judgment ever, always from a place of curiosity. And I'm going to talk about that down this line. Number two, you must be willing to face all of you with honesty and humility. Self-honesty is it's fundamental when you are trying to do make any kind of progress with yourself. And to me, it's the greatest act of self-love. How are you able to love yourself if you're not being honest with yourself? And when you are being honest with yourself, you're able to extract real data that's going to help you to make improvements in your life, to learn essential information that's important for your growth, right? So it's it's a really, really important piece to self-love. Humility is also so important. It keeps us very level-headed with ourselves, right? And I think that that is so important because that level-headedness, you know, it's not, by the way, just to be clear, this is not being so humble that you're backing down from your gifts or kind of turning down the volume of who you are. Uh, no, not at all. It's staying level-headed with yourself so that you're honoring yourself where you are and it invites you to be able to uh, kind of stay malleable and grow, right? It keeps you open to grow. That's one of my favorite parts about humility. It really just keeps you open to growing. And that's, you know, anything related to self-mastery or self-actualization, it's fundamental that you stay open for growth, right? Because it's a, it's a life game. Number three, you must cultivate a relationship with solitude. You must cultivate a relationship with solitude. This is so important. This has been one of the greatest gifts I've given myself in my life, you know? Um, and it, for me, it was never necessarily, I'm going to create a relationship with solitude. I think it's just because I'm so uh, naturally introverted. And also I love spending time thinking and 
um, conceptualizing ideas. This is, you know, I spend a lot of time obviously writing and reading. So solitude is not this place of loneliness. It's it's not you, you know, sheltering yourself from the external. It's you just getting into quiet space with yourself. And when you think about how you are going to better love yourself, well, you have to really get into a deeper, stronger, more loving relationship with yourself. How do you do that? You have to spend real quality time with yourself. So imagine that, you know, you you go out with a loved one or you stay home with them, whatever it is, but you have this time set out to spend quality time with a loved one, right? Now that's not solitude, but where I'm driving this towards is when you are spending quality time with your loved one, you're not on your phone, you're not distracted by other things, you're really present with the individual, right? And that presence is allowing you to connect with them more and them with you. So when you think about creating this relationship with solitude so that you can ultimately create a deeper relationship with yourself, it's the same concept, you know? Whatever you do in that solitude with yourself, you're going to do it with more consciousness. You're going to do it with more presence. And on the note of consciousness, I firmly believe that it's within solitude. This is a you know core place where we are able to expand our consciousness. And I'll save that for another episode. But, you know, so much of life, your reality is being shaped by your level of consciousness. So the more that we are expanding our consciousness, the better, the better life that we're able to create for ourselves and thrive in. So number three, you must cultivate a relationship with solitude. Number four, You must be willing to view yourself from a state of curiosity versus judgment. You must be able to view yourself from a state of curiosity versus judgment. This is huge. I talk about it all the time. Kind of dropped a little hint at the very start when I talked about witnessing yourself. It's so easy to judge yourself. We all do it. No one's immune to it. No matter how good you get at any of this stuff that I'm talking about, you're still going to judge yourself, you as in me too, right? But the more that you flex these muscles, right, of curiosity, of of witnessing yourself without the judgment, of being a student of yourself, the less you start to judge yourself. And if you do find your, if you do start judging yourself, you'll capture it quicker. You know, you'll become more aware of it because when you're judging yourself, it's going to evoke not great feelings, right? It's it's going to likely evoke like the inner critic voice or just very disempowering thoughts and feelings, right? So you'll become more sensitive to these feelings when you start to judge yourself, you know? And curiosity, I mean, man, you want to live a really rich, self-expressed life. Curiosity is probably the MVP to that, you know, if not the MVP, it's top three. We need to stay curious. You know, we need, curiosity keeps us open. It keeps us learning. It keeps us growing. And when you are curious about yourself so that you're witnessing, go back to number one, that you're able to observe yourself from this state of curiosity. Again, you're just constantly, it's like class is always in session with yourself 
right? But you're not grading yourself. You're just learning yourself. And when you can learn more about who you are and why you do the things you do and what's running through your mind and how you're feeling the way, why you're feeling this way, right? This is really important information that helps you know who the fuck you are straight up. You know, how do you know your authentic self? It's from this. It's from being a student of self. It's from doing this curious, deep self-introspective work that is not, you know, you judging yourself so that you can really, really hone in on what's going on internally with you. So it's so important to really just flex this muscle of curiosity, not just outwards towards life, but especially towards yourself so that you can extract really, really powerful information that's going to help you to continue to you know, evolve and express your highest self and ultimately thrive, right? So that's a big one. Number five, you must learn how to elevate and fortify yourself. So when I think about loving myself, I'm certainly thinking about how I can constantly take everything within me to a higher level and to a stronger level. So from my psychology, you know, my mindset to my heart, my spirit, to my body, my physical abilities, right? This whole podcast is focused on elevating you, right? And in all of those ways. And that is an action, an expression of self-love. So it's so important to continually find the ways that you can keep elevating yourself and keep strengthening yourself because ultimately this is just helping you to thrive internally and externally, which is true winning and success in my world anyways, in life. Number six, you must apply fierce compassion and self-accountability. Self-compassion is something that I always talk about. It's I see it as a high-performance tool because it allows us to be human, to be messy at times, to make mistakes, you know, to have grace for yourself, really, right? And this is supporting you as you are a student of yourself. Being a student of yourself is to say, like, I don't know everything at all moments. Of course you don't. Of course we don't, right? And this is where humility comes in. This is where compassion comes in. And all of this is supporting you to, to learn again yourself, learn all the important things that you need to learn so that you can continually architect your greatest expression, your greatest self, which then in return architects your greatest life, right? The self-accountability piece is so huge. You know, this ties into integrity, which is one of the most important attributes to operate your life with, right? You know, I kind of live with this philosophy that everything's my fault. Even if somebody's done me wrong, I'm, I'm going to investigate myself. I'm going to investigate myself because that's where my power lives right? And so the self-accountability piece keeps me in the driver's seat to being the ultimate creator of my life. And it's so, so huge for you to realize that, you know, when you are holding yourself accountable in this way, you're giving yourself agency to be the creator of your life, right? So fierce compassion and powerful self-accountability are absolutely expressions of self-love and, you know, are ultimately also going to help you fortify your self-love 
You know, anytime you're applying self-compassion, you're holding yourself accountable, which is you just being honest or investigating yourself with very honest eyes. All of that is self-love, right? So that's another really big one, another powerful principle. Number seven, you must learn to feel yourself, not just think yourself. The goal with number seven is for you to become more heart-centric. We live upstairs majority of the time, right? I want you to come down here in your heart space more often. And, you know, ultimately it's about this harmony, right? The, the heart is where your authentic self is. The heart is where you're able to really tune into your intuition. And when you are more heart-centric and you're rooted in your heart, you're actually going to be able to navigate your emotions and your thinking. So being up here a lot stronger, you're going to be a more empowered individual when you are more tuned into your heart. So that's the goal behind number seven, to feel more, right? It might sound, I don't know, like, I mean, everybody, we're always feeling things, right? So it's like, well, you might be thinking, well, I do feel a lot, but being heart-centric and being rooted in your heart is not the same thing as just having all these feelings, right? It's you really tuning into ultimately the truth, right? And so you might have to do some digging to get to the truth. Like you might experience something and you're feeling a certain way. You're certainly thinking a lot of things. But when you can go into quiet time, that solitude, witness yourself, right? Think about all these principles, be honest with yourself, Um apply some self-compassion if needed, but tune into your heart. You're going to be able to extract really important information that you need to, you know, operate with and from in any situation that you are are moving through. So to keep it simple and to the point, <laughs> be more heart-centric, do heart exercises, heart coherence, heart resonance, breathing, it's such a powerful, powerful tool that helps you to be more rooted into your heart. So I really love number seven because I am a hardest. Number eight, you must be agile and flexible in your perspectives, never becoming rigid or fixed. That just impedes your growth, right? Never, never, ever, ever becoming rigid or fixed. Um, I have a quote, you can't snap a string right? I mean, think about it. Pretty hard to snap a string, right? But a string is actually like, if you, if you, you could choke somebody with a string, string's pretty dangerous, right? You might not think of it that way. But the idea behind this is that staying soft, staying malleable keeps you from being rigid. And when you are rigid, you do become fragile. You know what I mean? It's really easy for an individual who is really rigid to just be so offended by everything, right? Versus when you are more flexible, you can, you're more open-minded, period. You know, you, your perspective isn't the only perspective and you're able to hear other perspectives. You're actually able to listen better too, right? When you're fixed, when you're rigid, you're, you're shut, you, the volume is down. All you hear is yourself, which is also why you stay so fixed and rigid, right? So you want to stay very agile, like flexible psychology is really the term for it, right? But specifically, you know, if you are being more agile and flexible with your perspectives, it's going to allow you to operate with more of a growth mindset and to just stay more open and, you know, 
create more opportunities for you to grow, to learn, and to evolve. And to me, this is self-love, right? Self-love is going to fuel this process. You know, when you when you're really, really hungry to live the greatest expression of your life, to be a self-actualized individual, then learning and growing means a lot more to you. And to learn and to grow, we cannot be fixed. We certainly don't want to be rigid. We want to stay open. We want to be agile. So this is a really, really powerful principle that's going to help you be more rooted in your self-love and ultimately help you strengthen it as well. Number nine, it's one of my favorite ones. You must, above all else, listen to your heart whispers, your intuition, before your critical mind and external voices get to you and overwrite it. This is so, so huge. And hopefully you're able to connect the dots, right? Think about solitude. This is really helping you be more heart, like get into your heart space to become more heart-centered, the feeling piece I was just talking about. Um, It's so important to turn up the volume of your heart, of your intuition. It's so, so important. You want to live a true life, like from your truest self. Well, then the volume has to be way the fuck up (laughs) on your heart space. And it's not easy to turn down the volume out here from the external. I mean, we're inundated every single day, more and more and more now because of technology, right? There's all kinds of opinions and ideas and, you know, inflammatory information, just anything clickbait, like to get your attention or just even in your external, sorry, in your internal circle, you know, you can have opinions and you can have um, just, you know, people that you love and that care about you actually come at you with how you should be doing things or whatever. And listen, there's a place to certainly take in, you know, your counsel, people that you love, take in their ideas or advice and all that. I'm I'm just wanting you to really keep the volume of your heart and your intuition turned up. This is truly self-love, right? When you love yourself, you're going to honor and respect what's coming through from your heart. Because again, this is where your authentic self lives. Like my kind of quick way of defining the authentic self, your true self is what do you truly want to say yes to in life? And what do you truly want to say no to in life? That's just a simple way to do, because obviously I can elaborate very, I mean, for hours, but your heart is where that information comes from, right? So it's so important to get really good at turning up the volume of your heart whispers, AKA your intuition before the critical mind, the external voices come in and drown it out, right? The more that you can move through your life in attuned with your intuition and trusting your intuition, the more powerful of a life that you're going to live. So that is a huge, huge one. Number 10, you must learn to run towards yourself in trivial moments because your internal sanctuary holds the wisdom you need to expand, to evolve, and to win. This one is really, really powerful. Writing my whole life has really helped me to do this, to do exactly that. In hard times, I run inward. And I know that's not easy. I know a lot of battles that people 
you know, move through or you're dealing with or actually coming from self, right? So it's like, Roxy, I don't want to go there, right? I want to get out of myself. I want to, but you can't escape yourself. You can't escape yourself. And if you are, then you're ultimately just numbing yourself. You're avoiding yourself. You know, you're denying yourself. Think about what I'm saying right now. Where's the self-love in that? You need to have a hard conversation with someone, anybody, especially somebody that you love. Are you going to do it? Why would you do it? Because you love them. Because you value your relationship. So you're going to face that challenge. It's the same thing with yourself. So the more that you run from yourself, you know, when you're in a hard moment, especially if you are giving yourself the hard moment, the more that you're denying love for yourself. So it's not easy, but it is worth it. It's it's ultimately what, when you start to develop this habit of actually going inward, when you're facing trivial moments, whether it's you giving it your, you know, you giving yourself the hard time or it coming from the external, it does become easier and easier because when you sit with yourself and you do this introspective work, this is why, again, journaling is so important because you can ask yourself questions, you know, try and move from a place of judgment into curiosity so you can extract the information. You're going to be able to work shit out with yourself, you know? And that's a really great fucking feeling. When you can take yourself from a place of not feeling great, again, whether it's you causing yourself to feel this way or something's coming at you from the external that, you know, is inviting you to feel this way, when you can soothe yourself, when you can get to a solution, when you can get to some kind of resolution pull yourself back into a state of harmony by going inward. This is true empowerment. This is so powerful, right? Because think about it. Then no matter what you face in your life at any given moment, you are always going to be resourced internally to support yourself to get through it. That's huge, right? Because you're always with you. So if you can always turn to you to get... You know, even if you can't extract an answer or a solution, just to be able to center yourself, to be able to get back into a state of, you know, harmony and balance so that you can summon in the answer, however that needs to come to you, that in of itself is so powerful, right? So it's understanding that this sanctuary that is you, this internal, you know, fortress that is you really has I believe all of the wisdom, all of the answers, but you know, you have to tap in and this needs to be a constant action. It needs to be a constant, um, you know, pathway for you that you acknowledge, that you honor, that you respect, that you utilize. There's so much value in realizing that, you know, so much of what you are looking for out there is living within here, but you got to tune in, you got to tap in, you know, and that that's continuous work. You know, you're going to forge a stronger, more meaningful, loving, revered, confident, trusting relationship with yourself by doing this constant work with yourself. And I, you know, to live a really powerful, thriving life, 
I think it all comes down to the relationship that you have with yourself, you know, your self-identity, what you believe about yourself, what you believe to be true about yourself. To really create an empowered relationship with yourself, you, you can't ignore yourself. You can't turn away from yourself. You need to acknowledge that, you know, you're here to support yourself. And you, you start getting that support by turning inward and asking for your self-support, right? And again, I understand it's not always easy for everybody, but the more that you do it, the easier it gets. And the more that you're going to be able to rely on yourself, you know, to get the wisdom, to get the answers, to self-soothe, all of this. So it's a really, really important principle in self-love. And it's something that in my own life, I mean, I can tell you firsthand, it has served me. It continues to serve me so powerfully. When I'm going through some shit and I've got great people in my life, I've got great external tools. I will never ever go outward before I go inward, you know? And I'll just last little note on it again. This is why journaling is so important. You could just get the shit out that you need to, that you want to you know, and not harbor it, hold it all inside. You can look at it. You could decide, you know, whatever you need to decide from the information that you've now gained in tangible form, right? So number 10, you must learn to turn inward in trivial moments, realizing that your internal sanctuary holds so much of the wisdom that you seek to own. So those are 10 of my self-love principles. I really, really hope that if not all of them, that even just one of them really hit your heart powerfully today. And, you know, if you need to go back and listen to this episode again and write them out, definitely do that. They're here to support you. And if you would like some more support with cultivating more self-love, strengthening your self-love, I have a free self-love mini course. There's a link to get the, the mini course in the show notes. It's a really epic um, dripped out content series. So you'll get five videos dripped out through the week. And it's it's really, really potent information that I know, I know firsthand and I know from you know everyone who's uh, taken the course, it really will support you to grasp how powerful self-love is and to get very practical in your approach with self-love on a day-to-day basis, meaning self-love actions that you could apply every single day in your life so that you were fortifying your self-love while you're ultimately building a kick-ass life. Because the more self-love that you have and you're operating from, the more you're kicking ass in life, right? So there you go. If you have not already given this podcast a five-star rating review, please do so. It means so much. There's been some radical, love that word, um, reviews coming in. Thank you so much to all of you who've been really, truly doing this. There's a very easy link in the show notes to be able to do it. It takes literally two seconds, you know, even just to rate the podcast five stars. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. Put in the comments, what was your favorite takeaway? Um, was there a principle that really struck a chord with you? You know, communicate with me. I love, love connecting with you there on YouTube. Also on Instagram, Roxy Look, DM me, comment under this post for this episode. You guys know where to find me. I'm always here to connect with you and always looking forward to the next one. Bye.
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.